Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the RepView podcast. We are very excited today. Uh, we have a discussion with a sales leader from a really interesting company called Samsara. Um, they have a great RepView score, and they also have a very interesting product offering. Um, they have a platform which uh, helps to enable organizations that depend on physical operations, so think things like uh, factories and trucks and those kinds of things, to harness IoT or Internet of Things data to develop insights and improve their overall operations to address things like safety, efficiency, and sustainability. Um, it's really interesting because it covers a wide variety of industries like agriculture, construction, uh, transportation, and has an impact across the business. Um, the other thing from a sales perspective that's particularly notable is that Samsara has experienced some really incredible growth uh, since they started in 2016. And uh, we'll talk about that and get into more details. I think you'll uh, be really interested in the conversation. Enjoy. We're back with another episode of the RepView podcast. Uh, we've got Amit Diaz, the SVP of sales over at Samsara. Uh, glad to have you on, Amit. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Darren and Jordan. Excited to be here. Yeah, would love to just kick everything off just a little bit about you and um, and go from there. Does that work? That works. Cool. All right. So uh, I actually uh, started my career in sales in 2005. And this is a it's a fun story. So my parents are Indian immigrants, came in the 60s. And, you know, the typical uh, kind of phrase was, hey, you can be an engineer, lawyer or doctor. And sales was out of the question. In fact, I remember my dad specifically saying sales is not a skilled job. Nobody goes to college to get a sales <laughs> degree. And I was like, but damn, I'm going to be really good at sales. I know this. And so my whole life, I'm convincing my dad to buy me whatever transformer toy I wanted or whatever it was. I'm like, I know this is where my passion is. And I learned to build computers and whatnot. So I started my career actually in IT. And I was good at it, uh, but I was still, I'd look over at the sales parking lot and I see the Mercedes and the Beamers and go, man, I'm driving a Civic. I need to get a Beamer into sales. I need to get into sales. And so uh, my first sales job was a commission only Talk about boiler room. If you've seen the movie, it's commission only. Mm -hmm. You have to, it's a monthly quota. You have to hit your number. Otherwise you're fired. You're not on a pit. You're just fired. And I remember asking the VP when I got comfortable, I'm like, so it's commission only. It doesn't cost you money. Why do you fire these <laughs> you know, people? And they're like, we fire them because we can get somebody who can sell. So that's kind of my early, you know, uh, sales experience. And I crushed it. I loved it. It was mortgage uh, sales. I was working for Washington Mutual, now defunct after the 2008 crisis. Um, and then, you know, 2008 happened. And I was like, I was crushing it. How did I go find a job? And I ended up joining Meraki. And because of my IT experience, it was the perfect match. I could sell and I could sell something I know a lot about. Uh, and I killed it at Meraki. I was there for a little over four years, uh, stayed after the Cisco acquisition, after Cisco acquired us, it felt like working at the DMV, you know, a big 70,000 plus company. And so I was like, hey, I got to go look elsewhere. And so I talked to Sanjit, our founder and CEO of Samsara, as well as uh, Meraki, and was introduced to High Five. And I worked there for as a VP of Worldwide Sales for a little over two years. Um, and then uh, here we are. After that, I joined Samsara. Yeah, awesome. that's... Um... It's a cool story. It's cool how the influence of, you know, of your parents kind of pushed you to the technical side, which those skills I'm sure come in handy um, and, and really help to kind of bring you bring a perspective that a lot of a lot of sellers might not have as much of. Yeah, it's true. You know, a lot of it, I think about what happens if I actually ended up following sales from the beginning. Of course, it's all in hindsight and I ended up where I wanted to be. 
but I think it's really important to, you know, if you know you're good at something, definitely follow it. How did you know you were good though? Like what's an example of how you were getting sure. to do something? I love buying stuff. I still do. And I wanted a laptop and I finally got this laptop. It was a Toshiba laptop and it had an AMD processor. This is like the nineties. And I remember going, oh, darn, I should have got the Intel one, but it was a little more expensive. I wonder if I could sell this to one of my parents' friends, right? one of my dad's friends. So we go to parties. I'm like, dad, can I bring the laptop? He's like, sure. And I bring it and I just start sell, like selling them over. I'm like, hey, check this out. And he's like, oh, are you trying to sell it? I'm like, oh, I wasn't really thinking about it, but if you're interested, we can make a deal. And I ended up selling it for yeah. the same price that I bought it. <laughs> and, uh, and it was used. And so my dad's like, why'd you do that? I'm like, because I'm going to go buy the one I really want, which is a yeah. micro with the Intel processor. And so a lot of little stories like that, right? My dad was pretty frugal, still is. And I always had to convince him to buy me stuff. And he grew up super poor in India. So he's like, you can't be spoiled. I'm not going to buy you that. So my favorite story is I, I was like 11 years old and I asked him, hey, can you teach me how to mow the lawn? And he's like, sure. And he teaches me. Then one day I call him at work. I'm like, hey, I really wanted this uh, Optimus Prime transformer, which costs 40 bucks. A, a lot, right? It was the best one mm -hmm. you can get. And and my dad's like, absolutely not. $40 for a toy? You're crazy. I was like, okay. Like, I kept pushing him. And he's like, one day when you earn money, you'll realize that. So I'm like, all right. So I'm, I call him at work. I'm like, hey, can I mow the lawn? He's like, you remember what to do? I'm like, yeah. I mow our lawn. Then I go to the neighbor. I'm like, hey, I'll mow your lawn for five bucks. I did that across the whole neighborhood and raised 35 bucks. Then I went to my dad. I'm like, hey, can I get the toy? He's like, no, you're five bucks short. I was like, come on. My mom's like, I'm buying that toy for you. Good job. So all these little stories for me, I knew. I'm like, I can sell. I'm a hustler. If I want something, I'm going to go get it. And, you know, I just tapped into that. He did what dads are supposed That's to awesome. do. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Got to the right place. Totally. Totally. I, uh, I got my mom to agree to give me I, my dad's like go pull weeds in the backyard and I was like okay and then I went to my mom and I was like uh how much do I get paid per weed and she's like oh, I'll give you like 10 cents a weed and she didn't realize how many were back there and I came back with like 400 in like 20 minutes that's awesome and she's like oh yeah it's like well we had a contract let's go yeah. all right there you go <laughs> but that's sales, right? that sense of sales right you're yeah, just exactly. you're money motivated yep right Cool. Well, that that kind of brings us uh, into, uh, I guess, the um, samsara part of your career. So, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about that in terms of um, what you saw in in terms of an opportunity and led you to join samsara. Sure. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was at Meraki and then I went to High Five for a little over two years. And I was looking for the next opportunity. And I was really looking for three things. You learn, right? The old adage, like, experience is the best teacher, 100%. I was, the three things for me were one, people, right? Is this a leader who's done it before? Did they, you know, uh, do they make good decisions? Two was product. Being in sales, you want to work at a company that you know you can believe in the product because otherwise you're selling something and it's like a snake oil salesman. You're like, oh my God, they're going to return it. They're going to call me later. So you want to really believe in the product. And the third thing was a potential market. I live in Silicon Valley, right? The heart of tech. There are a plethora of companies out here. Everybody, there's billboards on 101 when I go into work, like, oh, this new feature, you know. So, uh, I don't want to sell a feature. I don't want a $2 billion TAM. I want to play in a big pool. So that's where, you know, Samsara being in IoT, every time we release something, it expands our TAM by 30 billion. So it's exciting to be in such a large space. So those three things, people, product, and potential market for me are crucial. And some sorry, I'll hit all three. I had experience working with Sanjit before. I'm not one of those people whose personality is like, oh, I'm a follower of people. I'm not, but Sanjit, man, he's a visionary. Uh, I've seen a lot of people but uh, make decisions and he's able to go 
he's got a crystal ball, I'd say. And he looks 10 years in the future and he, he's still doing exactly what he said. Like back at Marocco, he mentioned something and he's doing it now. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And so people's there and he cares about culture, right? You have a lot of tech founders who are brilliant engineering founder, engineering led founders, but they don't care. Maybe they don't care about people or they, they're, you know, that part of it is hard for them. Sanjit is really good and very balanced. And then our product obviously speaks for itself. I mean, we do free trials. Customers love it. Uh, our customers are satisfied. We have over uh, 20,000 customers uh, across North America and uh, Europe. And so that hits that mark. And then, of course, the potential market, like I mentioned. And I would say it's one thing for you to say all that. It's another thing when you've got 730 employee ratings on RepView backing all this up too, uh, with product market fit being super, super high, culture and leadership being super, super high. Like if you have a good product market fit, usually you're not in an org where people are pissed off. Like if people are buying good things tend to happen on the back end. So it's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things as a salesperson, why do you want that friction? Why sell a bad product? You're just making your job harder, right? Go mm -hmm. align yourself, finding that perfect, you know, people still use the word rocket ship. To me, Samsara is truly a rocket ship. And even though we went IPO, you know, a few years ago, I think the value creation for a company happens post IPO. And this is it where, you know, we're at 930 million in ARR, about to hit a billion. I think one of the fastest companies to do that, we did that in eight years. We're about to do in eight years. And yeah. so you're talk about a rocket ship. That's to me why I think you see on RepView too that people are excited to work at Samsara. Yeah. What so good product, good culture, probably lots of interest from good candidates. How do you how do you pick good ones? How do you know? Like what are you looking for there? I love interviewing sales reps. I don't do it as much anymore, but I gotta tell you, for me, it's the same, it's been the same thing for the last 10 years. Two things I look for, intelligence and hunger. Because you can't teach that. You have it or you don't. And why those two things? When you're intelligent, you're able to learn from your mistakes. You're supposed to make mistakes. That's okay. But you learn from them. And then you get creative. I love creative reps, right? Like, actually, I'm going to try this or this, this tactic. I'm going to use this phrase instead and see what happens. So I love intelligent reps. And then, of course, when you introduce new products, they're able to quickly grasp it, learn, ask the right questions, and then go sell it. And then hunger right? I want somebody who, you know, similar to my story, I wanted to buy stuff. I wanted my dad, you know, my parents didn't buy me the things I wanted. I was like, I need to become independent to be able to buy that. But whatever drives you, right? It could be, you want to be number one, you're an athlete in college, and you miss that, you miss that competitive, I want to be top on the list, I want to go to President's Club, something that drives you, you have to have that as a rep. It doesn't always have to be money, it could be just being number one or being a top person or team player, but it, it is something that drives you. Beyond that, I look for, hey, what's your track record, right? To me, it's like a baseball card. Look on the back. Did you, do you have a cons consistent history of hitting your number? Do you, did you make President's Club or Rookie of the Year awards? Those things mean a lot. You, um, you hit on something. So when I worked at Bizarre Voice, I went through an interview with the CRO, this guy Kelly Connor. He's an old PTC guy. And um, he created his own little acronym for what you just described. He calls it IDEC, intelligence, drive, experience, and character. And the I, it was like the final interview with him. And I'm like, gosh, I felt like I just got out of a psychology like appointment. Yeah. Like a psychiatrist. And he's like, well, I was IDECing you. I was like, what the heck does that mean? And he's explaining <laughs> it exactly yeah. what he was described. It's like, you got to dig into those little things. And like intelligence and drive tend to be the top two things. The, rest of it, the experience will come, but like, and obviously you want somebody who's like not going to screw over customers, but the intelligence and drive tend to see, tend to lead to really good hires. So that's right. awesome. That's great. PTC, huh? That's a, that was a good sales company. 
Yeah, yeah. The command of the message, command of the plan. You got John Kaplan built that whole the whole medic thing. I mean, the the coaching tree of PTC is incredible. It is. Yeah, Jordan, you're up. So, yeah, I think you know it's interesting. We we love obviously working with customers at Repu that have really high scores because in a lot of ways it you know it makes our job of of helping to drive value and and highlight the strength of your sales org um, yeah. you know easier. Um, but so one of sort of maybe a little bit of a curveball. So you, you, I'm, you, I know that you guys get a ton of applicants. Um, you're the eighth highest uh, public rated or, or eighth highest rated public company on RepView. Um, so definitely a, a ton of interest. But you must see a lot of candidates that on paper, on LinkedIn, whatever it may be, they look like, oh, wow, this, this person really has a great track record. They, they're, you know, you're really excited going into the interview or, or your team is, I should say. Um, but then tell us an example of, of a time where it didn't work out. So like, it looks like they matched the profile, but then there's one of these things that I, you just didn't quite get the feeling that they would fit on your team and be right. successful. Great on paper, but in person didn't work out. Uh, yeah. We've seen that, you know, quite a few times. And it really comes down to the cultural fit. Right. And what do I mean by that? For me, I want a sales team that's driven, competitive, all those things I mentioned, but they they're team players. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you have one negative person or somebody who's so selfish, the selfish rep who's like a lone wolf. I'm not going to help anybody. It hurts the rest of the team. And that's what comes out in the interview process. So they were awesome on paper, but in person, it came out like it's all about me, me, me. I don't care mm -hmm. about anybody else uh, at Samsara, you know, for I've been here seven years and it's always been about the team. Everybody helps each other out, not because they have to, because they want to. Yeah, I love that. Love that. I mean, I, I think you definitely see that reflected when, you know, when we look at the profile, like one of the things that's really notable is I think not just that you have high scores in one area, but the balance across the, you know, across the areas. I mean, it's in the 90th, above the 90th percentile in, in just about every category, um, which is, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and then the high, you know, with, with culture, uh, you know, really kind of leading, leading that, um, which is awesome. And, you know, certainly consistent with what you're saying. It's a very unique culture. I'll tell you that I've worked again from Washington mutual to Meraki to high five. I've never seen such a consistent culture for the last seven years of, uh, this camaraderie, everybody's there for each other. And man, do I miss pre-pandemic because I'd see my entire team inside in the San Francisco office or I'd go to Atlanta or London and everyone's together and you hear it like, hey, did you hear that call? Hey, try this next time. And that happens. And in fact, that kind of, if I can jump into onboarding, we just had how we onboard reps. Post-pandemic, it's hard, right? You don't have that tribal knowledge. How do you share that? And we've been racking our brains. Like, how do we figure this out? So we introduced this program uh, where we fly reps in for their first three quarters in every quarter to the San Francisco HQ. And they just left a few days ago. They were in this week. And that way you get to build connections, meet people, you get hands-on product training, um, and you are able to ask questions and do pitches and practice. But imagine, I mean, who's going to go join a company and then say like, oh, okay, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Darren, who I saw on that Zoom, let me call him or Slack him and ask a question. It's hard, right? You feel like you're intruding. Here, now we're fostering that. And the feedback we hear is phenomenal. Well, I was going to say, if you hire good, intelligent, driven reps, they should have the foresight to go out and reach out to people and not be afraid to do it. So no, it's not that they're afraid, but you yeah. got to make it easier too, right? Yeah, because agreed. everybody's busy, right? Like what happens when you actually build the connection, you're able to 
Hey, let's meet in just 30 minutes. Let's yeah. talk about how the week went. And we see that happening a lot. So, and in, in yeah. we've seen the numbers increase from pipeline gen, free trials out after we introduced this program. Yeah. And do you feel like call recordings help there too? Like kind of centralize it all? Yeah. The call recordings are huge and you're able yep. to hear a good call, a call that maybe didn't go so well and, you know, uh, able to synthesize that. Yeah. Yeah. What's an example of uh, maybe a rep? Well, I guess on the ramping side, like, so what, what do you guys do beyond the, I love the coming in quarterly for the first three quarters, especially when you're first joining, like, I think it's crucial. Uh, what, what do you do? Like, what, what do you do when they're not coming in? Like how, how else do you want people? We have a whole entire enablement team that basically there's an enablement onboarding program where you learn about, hey, how do we use Salesforce at Samsara? How do you work with our financing partners and other partners, insurance partners? Uh, how do things work at Samsara? You get product training, product specific training, um, and you're able to ask questions, you're in groups. So it's, it's a very robust uh, onboarding program because from my perspective, that's, it's crucial. You need that to, you have to give the reps the tools to be able to be successful. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that backs it up in your, uh, your training scores too. I mean, you're in the 95, 95th percentile there. So backs it up. Great to see. Yeah. Jordan. So once, once you get somebody onboarded, you know, you, you talk about kind of the, the initial part of uh, somebody's career at Samsara. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, career growth. If if I'm a rep who has just started at Samsara or I'm considering um, applying for Samsara, how should I think about that yeah. um, aspect of the job? Great question. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? I just talked about our culture. I have reps who have been here for seven years, right? Six years. You don't see that anymore, right? You see reps jumping every year or two years. I have a big cohort of reps who have been here five years plus. Why would they stay? They stay because they feel fulfilled. Career-wise, we have people who started as ADRs who are now managers on my team. I have directors who are now AVPs. I have managers who have become directors. So we are huge on internal promotions. But it's not one of those things like gimmicky. I see a lot of it where everyone's just like, yep, we're just going to promote internally. Samsara is a place where you come to, you know, you want, if, you're, if you believe you're a good rep or you're, you're you know, you have a skill, you want to play with the best because that's how you get better. It's like an Olympic team. So I would say Samsara is one of the best. And that's why these reps stay, uh, you know, tenured for five, seven years at Samsara because they're continuing to sharpen their skills by learning a lot. I mentioned I was in the mortgage business. That was probably my hardest sales job. And I learned the most. So I still go back to that. I think Samsara is, it's challenging in the right way where you're not just going there and you're taking, you know, there's a lot of inbound lead flow and you just order taker. That's not really sales. You want to be able to sharpen your negotiation skills. Samsara is the perfect place to do that. But for you to say that selling mortgages when the mortgage industry was as good as it was too, like right before the crash is saying a lot. I mean, it was super competitive. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I could share a story if you'd like. I remember Jordan, walking what? in. I mean, you, you're cold calling by walking in. I had my suit on with a tie and you're just cold eyeing. The, the receptionist just, they were trained to stop you. So she stopped me and she goes, I'm like, can I just see the mortgage broker for five minutes? She's like, we're with Bank of America. We're not interested in Washington Mutual. Thank you. And I quickly glanced down and I see she was drinking a Starbucks cup. And I look at, I'm like, oh, what's your name? My name's Amit. And she's like, my name's Jenny. I'm like, nice to meet you, Jenny. And I, as I walked out, because she's like, you know, basically get out, gatekeeping. Did, she did a phenomenal job. I noted the time. I'm like, okay, she was drinking her coffee. The next day I went a little earlier, about 20 minutes earlier, bought that coffee because I saw it was a vanilla skinny latte. 
I bought it and brought it. I'm like, hey, Jenny, I got this for you. Now I'm going to go back there and talk to your broker. Don't <laughs> You can say you stopped me, but I just got to go do that. And then you go in and the, I open the door of the book. I'm like, hey, Jim, how are you? And Jim's like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> quickly that glance around. That <laughs> That's cold calling, right? And I quickly glance around and I see golf. And I'm like, okay, I just went to Cinnabar. So, hey, oh, you have you golfed Cinnabar? I just got there. And he's kind of like, who is this guy? But yeah, like golf. So he starts talking to me. Next thing he's like, dude, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm with Washington Mutual. He's like, dude, we're already with Bank of America. I'm like, just give me a shot. I'm like, try it, submit it to Bank of America and try us and let's see what happens. And I, you know, we, it's basically a free trial. So mo modern day compared to Samsara, it's like, hey, try us with any of the competition. But those days were, those were challenging. And that's where I still draw so much of my experience. And that's what I see my reps doing now at Samsara. They're like, oh, I remember when I did this three years ago, but I, you know, this is what's happening. The competitive landscape changes, the economic conditions change. Even through the pandemic, we did really well. If you look at our numbers, mm -hmm. we went public during the pandemic and we were able to get, uh, you know, these reps just continue to get better and better at the same time to answer your original question, Jordan, they're moving up in their career too, right? Some want management, some want make completely, you know, lateral moves like, hey, I actually want to mm -hmm. go into roles. I want to go into partnerships and we foster that. So it's awesome. The um the the Starbucks golf story is you selling computers to the neighbors as a kid. Yeah, just the evolution of all that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been a long road, but it's been a good one. That all compounds, right? Like this, yeah. me getting my mom to agree to ten cents per weed is carried over into much much bigger deals than that. But like, yeah, it's it's all just like this foundation. Like you could go back and watch it as a movie, and it all makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I think, you know, the one thing I look back, people always ask me like, hey, give me career advice. I want to be where you are. I'm like, if you actually knew my story, you'd realize I have way more failures than I have successes. But nobody ever tells you that, but I'll tell you that. And if if I can talk to myself 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, and I tell my team this all the time too, is zoom out, right? Right now you're in a trough, right? You're challenging, like, oh, you're not closing the deals. Maybe you missed your number. You extrapolate that and think that's the rest of, that's going to be tomorrow, next week, the rest of the year. Oh, crap, I should go look for a different company or go do something else. But if you actually zoom out, it's a sine wave, right? And you're basically on the bottom mm -hmm. part. You know it's going to go up. What you want to make sure is if you zoom out enough that it's still going up and to the right. And that's where choosing the company you join is a pivotal moment in your life because you want to join the rocket ship. You're already de-risking it by saying, hey, I got that taken care of. Now I'll find a way to be successful. And maybe I'm having a bad month, a bad quarter. That's fine. But how do you know that you're, okay, will I get out of this by you know sharpening my skills? But I already picked the right company because there is a momentum that nobody really talks about. When the company is successful, you're inevitably going to be successful. You have to find the way if you're not. Yeah, I think the one thing I would add, just based on all of our data, is that um, it's also it's also really important working at an org where the the, the segment that you're going to go into needs to be performing as well too. Because if you're going into an organization that has primarily sold into maybe like SMBs or mid markets and is trying to go up market, and you're going to be like one of those first like astronauts trying to do this, like that is relatively risky if they don't have a lot of success. So like you want to really dig in by segment. Very risky. And like, look, again, I'm in Silicon Valley. There's so many startups, right? So everyone gets, I was, allured, you know, you get allured. By, oh, I can get a bigger title, maybe two jumps higher. And they're promising me this OTE. But is the company going to do well? And what is well? You could be 10 years, but you don't go public. You don't grow past 10 million in ARR. That's not success. 
find the company that's actually going to go well. And you're right. You don't want to be the first in sales. You never want to be the first of anything. You want to be able to join a company that's already proven it. We've proven it from commercial all the way up to our majors enterprise segment, right? We have large customers and we have small customers and they do well. That's why you're as big as you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Bay, Atlanta, London. How do you beyond, you know, uh, rep, ramping reps coming in and once a quarter, like how do you keep the team connected beyond that? Like how do you how do you connect London and SF? Sure. So we we do a lot of things where we'll actually exchange, kind of send a couple of our top reps to either London or Atlanta because SF is the hub or the HQ, and do that knowledge, you know, tribal share. And then of course our sales kickoff, we all get together at some location and we're able to hang out there. And then we always tack on breakouts, uh, segment-based breakouts where everyone's able to interact. Awesome. Yeah, the the on-site versus remote is definitely a hot topic um, in the space. And, and certainly a lot of the users on RepView are, are always asking about that. So it sounds like what you're saying, just so people who are listening are clear, you have, you have get-togethers where the team comes together from time to time. But then other than that, is the team primarily remote or does it vary across different it's, segments? It's primarily remote. Yeah. Okay. So I go into the office in San Francisco three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and reps show up, right? Some people like, mm -hmm. I, I like it because for me, it's, I get to see my team uh, and it's, it's for me, I actually work better uh, in the office than at home. So I think it depends on where you're at in your career too. Like if you're 22 and right out of college as an SDR, like I'd probably, I'm 37. I probably want to go into the office 37 with a four month old. Like I'm not interested in going to the That's office. exactly. I got two boys and then yeah. six and Boy, they come home early on Thursdays and it's chaos. And so I'm like, I yeah. can't go to the office. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jordan. Good stuff. So um, so let's talk a little bit about kind of interviewing and, and kind of what the experience is like um, interviewing uh, at Samsara. So one of the things that we, we like to uh, really talk about a lot at Repu is transparency. And one of the topics that came up on, on one of our conversations uh, that we've uh, kind of asked as a theme is would you... If, if a salesperson asked, or if an interview uh, candidate asked, hey, can I see the, can I see your CRM? Can I see what the dashboard looks like right now? How, how would you respond to that question? You know, b before going public, we'd be, we're happy to. Now that we're a publicly traded company, we're not allowed to share it, but I can share some, some uh, stats, right? For my commercial segment, average attainment is 103%, with the top rep doing 165%. Again, as large as we are in a public company, a top rep's doing that, right? Mid-market, you have um, average attainment of 113%, and the top rep did top rep did 265%. So it's healthy numbers. Serious <laughs> numbers. Absolutely. I mean, but it's beautiful because a rep can go listen to like, like you as a public company, a rep can go listen to a quarterly earnings call. They can read a 10K. Like they have a lot of information out there that's not available to like a 50 person company. So like right. we talk to public companies, like there's certainly a lot more data, but there are a lot of reps that are like, gosh, I'm going into this 200 person company and they're calling it a rocket ship and they've raised all this funding and there's all like, you know, benchmarks invested and all these all these like prominent investors. There's in no visibility. There's no visibility. And that's the challenge that, we, that we're trying to solve. And like, it's, I love the fact that you're like at least open to sharing that. Plus a lot of this data is coming out in the quarterly earnings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, can, you can back channel it a lot of ways. How would, how, okay, let's, I'm going to throw you off here a little bit. How would you, how would you have answered that question if you were at a private company? Like, what would you do? Like, what would you have actually showed a rep? 
Uh, I would show them the dashboard. I mean, yeah. we've done that before, right? So it's, yeah. hey, please just show you. Don't take my word for it. Then I'd put them on the phone with an existing customer because that's what I do. How do yeah. you value the company? You can tell me all you want. I'm a salesperson, so I know I'm, you're selling me, right? Whoever it is, I want to talk to the customer. I encourage the, um, the rep interviewing to talk to our customers and then talk to other reps. So before a great tool like RepView, reps didn't have visibility. They didn't know. So I'm just talk to my team. You're more than welcome. It's not even an interview. Go for coffee, uh, go for lunch with them and just ask them about, hey, are reps making quota? Is it fun? Uh, are you learning? And they're able to get that. Yeah, I was really early with Godard at G2. And it's the same thing. Like I would tell a salesperson now, like read what the customers have to say and not like read the segment customers, what they have to say, and then see what reps have to say in your segment. And that will give you as accurate as a picture as you can possibly get. Right. Um, all right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, why? I mean, you've, ex you've explained a lot of reasons why a great rep should join. W what else would you add to that? Like why else would a great rep do like, why sure. would you want to join Samsara? Number one, join the winning team. Right. And I'm not just saying that because I work at Samsara. I've been here seven years post IPO. Everyone asks me, like, why are you still here? I'm here because it's a winning team. And when I look at the market, there's no better place to be for me and for my team. So join a winning team, sharpen your skills, learn how to be a better salesperson, right? As a salesperson, we all think like, oh, we're pretty good. I'm already president's club. But don't, don't put your artificial ceiling for yourself, right? Keep getting better. And Samsara will help you do that. And then have fun. Join a place that's fun. Who wants to spend most of their life working and then you're not having fun at work? I mean, that's another reason I stay at Samsara. I love going in the office. I see people, even when I'm not talking over Zoom with my team, uh, or, you know, other departments. It's a fun job. It's a. It's because it's you have like my like minded, and I'll get to what I mean by that. Uh, fun, enthusiastic people that you're surrounded with, and what I mean by like minded is everybody's different, right? It's not a homogenous culture, but it is. Everybody brings something unique to the table, which makes it interesting. Nice. Nice. I think, you know, I, it's interesting to say, join the winning team. Um, obviously, that's going to appeal to a lot of sales reps uh, who are competitive and they want to be around success. They want to be part of a successful team. Um, what would you say when you when you uh, tighten the focus to other successful teams that are out there, other companies that are rated highly on RepView? You know, what would you say is something that's unique about Samsara that, that it's pretty unlikely that they'd find uh, on any other team, even sure. the successful ones? I'd say it's the people, honestly, first and foremost, you have a very talented team of over 2,200 employees uh, that just working with sharp, talented people will make you better, right? It's who, who do you surround yourself with? I know so many of my reps come up to me and talk about books about, oh, I always hang out with people a little older than me because I were more successful because it's supposed to make you better. Well, that's what Samsara is. Samsara is whether you talk to our marketing team or sales ops team, you're surrounded by talented people and it's going to make it not only interesting and fun, like I mentioned, but you're going to get better. And, you know, we, we haven't talked about this yet, but I want reps from everywhere. If you believe you're good at sales, I hired somebody who worked at Nordstrom's once and they were, they joined as an ADR and they crushed it because I saw the talent. So that shouldn't be your limiting factor. If you're like, I don't have any SaaS experience or tech experience. I don't care if you believe, I know, and you guys know this, right? Being in sales, when you know, I have a talent, like I can convince my dad to get me a transformer or whatever it is. You have that talent. You should apply to Samsara because I want you on my team. If you believe that, because it's probably true. 
I, the Nordstrom example, man, that's a good one. I, I remember going to Wen's warehouse back in the day and those people would be the best account managers ever. They upsell, cross-sell like crazy. Yeah. And do you remember the best thing they do? The first thing is they qualify the crap. Yep. <laughs> They're like, so what do you typically like to wear? Where do you wear it? What do you do? And yeah, like, what do you need this I for? Yeah. Yep. A wedding. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you wear suits? Oh, I just start laughing now when I go somewhere. Oh, yeah ask me these questions i give them a high five They're like what's that for i'm like you're qualifying yeah. love it yeah. right it's well the breaking the fourth wall yeah yeah, yeah. um totally uh yeah i guess i mean that's really it anything you want else you want to add and and um share with our our community of salespeople that you're using refu i think one you know hearing my story sales is an awesome career i love it and i see what it's done for my team um, and there's a lot of benefits to it and it's, it's really wide, but a lot of people just think sales is this myopic kind of, you know, department or a, a career. It's not, there's a bunch of things you could do in sales. And that's where I would encourage you. If you believe you're, you know, solid rep, explore samsara because it's the, it's the best, what I would call like a gymnasium. You go to the gym to train, right. And get better and better. That's what samsara is. Samsara will make you an even better rep. I can promise you that. We didn't send you this as like a preset question, but what would you say? Like, what are you excited about where Samsar is going? What do you, what does the future look like? Yeah, I mentioned, right? Why am I still here? Because yeah. all, most of the value creation for a company comes post IPO. And you see it, we're on the cusp of hitting a billion ARR. And then as we continue to innovate new products, get into new spaces, that's exciting, right? And the company will scale. I mentioned we're in North America, so we're in Mexico, Canada, the US, and then um, we're in Europe. We're going to continue to expand worldwide too, which is exciting. So that to me is a very, very thrilling part of working at Samsara because it keeps it engaging. It keeps it exciting. Awesome. And there's benefits to that. Yeah. Jordan, anything else on your end? Um, the only other, the last thing I, I would add, and, and, you know, we'll see, maybe we'll, we'll put this in the, in the beginning, but um, I think Samsara is, uh, is unique in that it's a software application, but it's very focused on, sort of real world problems, right? It's not really, the goal isn't really to move data around, it's to move data around for the benefit of um, of, of logistics and, and moving products and things like that. Just talk a little bit about the bigger picture for Samsara for people who you know maybe haven't heard of Samsara before they listen to this. Sure, you have an industry, right? Where, and multiple industries, where they're still using pen and paper. And what Samsara is doing is not selling our product in the sense of, oh, what can Samsara, we're making it easier for them. They're running a margin-rich business where margin ma matters, right? Pennies on pennies count, and you have we provide all this data, trillion of trillion data points in an easy to use, easy to digest form where they're able to make business critical decisions that make them more money. I think that's at the end of the day what Samsara does and really helps our our customers give them visibility into their operations that they otherwise didn't have. Great, yeah. Thanks, awesome. Amit. Another update. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. That was great. Yeah, this was fun. Enjoy yeah, we'll be in day. touch. Okay, let me know. Thanks. See ya. Thanks.